greatest symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. Welcome to the Hogan Era Podcast. I have, of course, I'm your host, JP John. Pause here on the two-man power trip of wrestling's podcasting empire, part of the TMPT feed each and every week here on the Hogan Era Podcast, talking about the greatest era ever in the history of the business, 1984 to 1993, a.k.a. the golden era of wrestling, a.k.a. the era that made Vince McMahon a rich billionaire, a retired rich billionaire that is and of course you know the era that everybody remembers so fondly as having some of the greatest matches and feuds ever in the history of the business and of course the apex of all that the man on top of the pyramid was the immortal hulk hogan who will go down as the goat the greatest of all time want to wish because i am when i'm actually recording this is uh 
I know it'll be out on Monday, but this is actually August 11th, and today is Hulk Hogan's birthday. So happy birthday to the Hulkster who turned 69 years old today. What an absolute legend. Without him, don't know where everyone would be as far as the wrestling business. Man, did he do a lot with the business, and man, did he make the WWF into what they were. Talking about some of the greatest views ever on this show. Macho Man Randy Savage, Andre the Giant, Rowdy Roddy Piper, the Big Boss Man, Big John Studd. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And as we're at episode 51 today, we're going to talk about a feud that maybe people, you know, maybe people may not remember. Maybe forgot about this one. But in 1984, Hulkster had a little, a little bit of a feud with George the Animal Steel. This is, of course, before he turns babyface and before it becomes that uh, lovable character that everyone would then, uh, you know, really just fall in love with as far as him being a babyface. But as far as when he was a heel, he was a vicious, scary, just a monster of a heel. If you look at him, it's like he's not like a giant man, but I mean, he he is stacked as far as like he was in great shape. You know, he's probably. I'd say probably like six one, you know, he's way way over uh, two fifty, but you know, he's not like a huge guy, but he was stocky. He had, had some size to him. He just looked like, don't mess with him. This guy is nuts. He's crazy. Um, he probably you know would scare the the hell out of you. He was just a crazy heel, a, a wild man. You know, he's tearing up turnbuckles. Um, you know, he's sticking out that green tongue. He's just doing all these crazy things that you would look at him as like, man, like, do not be in a dark alley with this guy or do not cross this guy's path. Do not look at him eye to eye. Do not make eye contact with him. He is just an absolute animal. And obviously, you know, thus the name George, the animal steel. But in 1984, we've talked about this a few weeks in a row. We're talking about how Hogan needed good feuds. He's just the champion as of January 23rd, 1984, when he beats iron Sheik in Madison square garden. So he needs some good opponents after that. And if you're Hogan, You've got all the charisma in the world. You're the man. They're going to put the, the company on your back. You're about to hold the title for 1,000 days plus. I mean, they're really doing everything they can with the Hulkster. But where can he go from here? Like, how far will he get pushed? Where do they push him up the ladder? He, the sky is literally the limit. Just what an absolute uh, legend and just icon above all other icons. But in 84, you need feuds and you need guys that help can help him along it would be kind of boring if hogan was feuding with boring guys like say if batman was feuding with the, the some guy named the gardener i mean you wouldn't be as excited but it's the joker the riddler bang I mean, you need these other cool villains to go up against hulk to really get you invested and get you interested mr fuji tiger chung lee dr d david schultz a little bit of orndorff mixed in with a little bit of valentine with a lot of roddy piper but in before that and obviously iron cheek as well but before that you got George the Animal Steel, just an absolute legend in the business. Got the chance many years ago to do an interview with him, so you can check that back on the archives, the TMPT archives. I have a great interview with George Animal Steel. I believe it goes an hour. So really great stuff. Rare, too, to be able to get that because obviously he he passed away, and so you mean nobody's getting interviews with him anymore. But even back then, it was very kind of rare to get an interview. He, I know he passed in 2017. I believe we did the interview in 2004. 15 so really you know good stuff there if you check out the tmpt archives now as far as george animal steel and the wbf is concerned his first match was in 1968 5 to 1968 he defeats the legendary pete sanchez from the national arena in washington dc 
this was a part of a TV taping. And it's like, all right, this guy, you know, made his name everywhere. He's been wrestling forever, really since 1960. You know, he's been wrestling and he basically retires in, in 88. And if you look at it even further, he had a few matches with the oddities in like 98, 99. So, I mean, he, his career spans quite a, a few decades here, but his first WWF match officially was in 1968. But if you go back to Spectator Sports, which was a group running out of Pittsburgh, PA, of course, owned by Tootmont and Bruno San Martino, they would have WWF title matches there because it's Bruno's territory, because they let the guys kind of expand and kind of run their own thing. He was able to have his own territory with Tootmont, and Bruno San Martino had a bunch of matches with George Steele in 1967. So 4-14-67 and 5-5-67. George Steele on the first match defeated Bruno by countout in Pittsburgh, PA at the Civic Arena. And then they had a rematch the next month, 5-5, and Bruno would defeat George Steele in a Texas death match. So they had some history there. Obviously, you know, Bruno's defending the WWF world title outside of WWF. And it's against George Steele. So naturally, George Steele is headed to WWF then and with Vince McMahon Sr. As, as, as the helm, obviously. So his first title match is his second match in the WWWF 520-1968. Bruno and George Steele go to a curfew, a time limit draw in 50 minutes at MSG in New York City. Then they have another match at the Spectator Sports running it, but the WF title match, Bruno would defeat George Steele in about 20 minutes. Civic Arena that June of 68. But it doesn't end there because Bruno and George Steele would have a bunch more matches in the WWF in June, July, you know, as we kind of head into August. I mean, they're having all these sorts of world title matches and it, what a big push and this was one of bruno's big opponents that people were very fearful i know he's got two he's gonna have a you know 2000 day title run but fans are very fearful of george Steele defeating bruno just because of his antics him being this crazy wild heel him being unpredictable but bruno gets the better of him in msg they have a double dq in virginia they'll have a, a street fight in philadelphia pa where george Steele, excuse me not street fight a regular match george Steele wins up by dq Bruno would end up having a counter victory in Baltimore. Then they go to Boston. George Steele gets a victory by DQ. Then here's the Texas death match in Boston, which is the rematch. Goes to a no contest. Then they have a match in Boston in September with two referees and Bruno and George Steele go to a no contest. So, I mean, they're just really having this feud continue and continue and continue. So then October of 68 comes and there's a stretcher match and Bruno finally defeats George Steele in Boston Garden in a 37-minute stretcher match. So really interesting stuff there. They'll go back to Spectator Sports again in Pittsburgh, PA, Pacific Arena. Bruno, in 19, this is 1969, would defeat George Steele by referee's decision. So if you really look at it, and we're going well into 1969, he's feuding with uh, – Bruno is feuding with George Steele for well over a year. I mean, if, if you go all the way – to August of 99, excuse me, of 69. They're having Texas death matches. They're having matches in Philly. They're having more matches in Boston. They're having a death match in Baltimore, uh, Philly again. I mean, they're just having matches all over the place. So this feud, really, it, it's going to go again into 1970, believe it or not. So June of 1970, they're having a match at the Civic Arena. It goes to a time limit draw. Then they have a match in, in Philadelphia where George Steele loses to Bruno via countout. 
I mean, it's just crazy how long that these two feud is. One of Bruno's most prolific feud. They had a cage match in Philly where Bruno ends up beating George Steele on 7-25-1970. So we're talking about over a two-year-long feud with Bruno San Martino, the top guy in the business, top guy in the WWF, the man, basically. And then in 72, he would have a feud with Bruno, uh, Bruno's uh, heir apparent, Pedro Morales. So when Pedro Morales would get the better of George Steele by count up by a DQ, um, would have some pinfall victories over him. But that was the big feud for Pedro Morales in 1972. So it just goes to show you George Steele as this big monster heel is such a draw that he's still feuding with Morales in 73. He goes back and he feuds again when Bruno wins the title in 1975. And he's feuding with Bruno yet again. And they're kind of running the circuit, doing all these sort of title matches. So, I mean, it just if you just look at it, it's like, wow, what a run. For, for George Steele in the WWF, he was such a big draw that any, you know, no matter what era Bruno, no matter if it's Pedro Morales, this guy's getting world title matches. So it's only kind of befitting that we'll go into 1984, obviously many years later, but that we'll go and we'll go into the Hulk Hogan feud because you need a guy. It's like, okay, this guy is such a legend. He's feuding with Bruno San Martino. And obviously those fans, the WWF fans remember that. And now Vince Jr.'s at the helm. Vince Jr. remembers that we need a credible, good opponent for Hogan. Who can we have Hogan beat that would just put him over the top and really just extend this great run and really just make it look like, wow, he is just slaying giants out there. I mean, he's just killing beasts out there. He's just being this dominant champion. So 722 in 1984, world title match. Hulk Hogan defeats George Steele at the Met Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Then there's a world title match on 8-10, 1984. George Steele would actually defeat Hogan by a countout in 10 minutes at the Keel Auditorium. And I think a match that a lot of people will remember because it's on some of the Coliseum videotapes. Mean Gene Oakland, Hulk Hogan defeat Mr. Fuji and George the Animal Steel at the Met Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota on 8-26-84. They'll have a match on 9-23-84. Again, from the Met in Minneapolis, Minnesota, Hogan and Mad Dog Vashon beat Big John Studd and George Steele. Then on 9-30, 1984, world title match, George Steele would defeat Hulk Hogan by a countout in 10 minutes at the UIC Pavilion in Chicago, Illinois, which would then lead to 10-16, 1984, Oakland, California, Hulk Hogan defeats George Steele, defending the title. And the rematch from the Chicago show where George Steele won by a countout Yet the rematch on 10-21-1984 for the WWF World Heavyweight Championship. The return bout, everybody wanted to see it in Chicago. They have a nice little sellout there. Hogan defeats George Steele at the USC Pavilion in Chicago, Illinois, in the rematch. Then they have a match 11-12-1984 again in Chicago, Illinois. Hogan and Mad Dog Bashan defeated Steele and Fuji. And then the final match where they're together was 8-9-1986. Obviously, this is a part of George Steele's babyface run. George Steele and Hulk Hogan defeated Adrian Adonis and Macho Man Randy Savage in about 10 minutes, 30 seconds at Boston Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. And that, of course, was on a Nessun. So that match is available out there as it was filmed for TV. So in 84, I mean, there's a bunch of matches here with Hogan and George Steele. You know, they have about eight matches and it's all a part of like a small, a small feud in certain areas. Obviously, we saw a lot of it in, in St. Louis and Minnesota and Chicago. That was kind of the, 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 the brunt of it in one match in Oakland, but that was a really big deal for Hogan and to get some strong wins over a really, really credible opponent that was literally around during the Bruno San Martino era and having a huge feud with Bruno. I know a lot of old school fans that say that's one of Bruno's best feuds because it was so believable and it was so tough. And it's, you know, it's hard to get the victories 
over you know over a guy like that an unpredictable monster uh like that so to me what an awesome heel but they turn him babyface which is pretty shocking and he even got super over as a baby so to me i mean it's like the tales of two george steels but i think so many people remember him from the babyface run because that is when the the real popularity yes he's feuding with hogan 84 but the real popularity starts in 85 with the wrestlemania era and his feud with Macho Man Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth as George Animal Steel does develop quite a crush on the beautiful Miss Elizabeth. So that was, I think, what a lot of people remember, you know, WrestleMania 2 against Savage. I think a lot of people really do remember that above all. And yes, they remember the feud with Bruno, but I think it's almost superseded and that everybody remembers the, the big time feud with Macho Man Randy Savage because they were so much more popular and they're mainstream and they're global under Vince Jr. WrestleMania 2, when the world or what the world is coming to, this match was part of the part one pay-per-view. Obviously it was Nassau Coliseum and Union deal. You know, they had the three spots, Chicago, LA, New York, this Macho Man, George Steele match on four, seven, 86 part of WrestleMania two was the New York chapter of WrestleMania. Macho man defeated George Steele in about five minutes there. So I think that's kind of what people remember Steele. You know, they'll remember obviously the green tongue. They'll remember him destroying the turnbuckles. They remember him carrying around uh, the little, the little fuzzball or whatever, the little plush, the little plushy. I mean, they, they kind of, um, the thing called mine, M I N E, you know, like it was like basically a stuffed animal. But, you know, it kind of made him a lovable babyface character. The kids fell in love with him. He was just super, super over it as a babyface. But it's funny to think about it. He was a nasty killer heel that everyone feared, you know, during certain eras, even in 84, you know, when he's feuding with Hogan. But to kind of flip on a dime and be able to do that, just a testament to him. Very reminiscent of like the Bushwhackers, where there are these crazy heels elsewhere as the sheepers, and they come to the BF, and Vince is able to throw his magic on them and turn them babyface, and they become huge draws and huge sellers, and the crowd is just really enamored with them. They become huge fan favorites. So when you look at George the Animal Steel and you look at his time in the WWF, it's one of those things where it's like the tale of two George Steels. You got the nasty heel feuding with Bruno, then feuding with Pedro Morales and feuding with Bruno again. Then you have the nasty heel feuding with Hogan in 1984, establishing Hogan and his run and really kind of pushing uh, the limits of the Hulkster and Hulk man in 1984. But then when he turns babyface in 85, 86 and starts feuding with Macho Man, he starts getting remembered and loved and revered by so many fans in just a completely different direction. I mean, polar opposite of the character he was playing before. But George Steele, I mean, what a character. Larger than life. When you look at guys like that in WWF in that time period, it's like, holy shit. They had so many guys that were just larger than life. And the charisma is through the roof. And it's just um, absolutely amazing what you know Vince was able to do with these guys and kind of say, hey, you know, we kind of turn the world upside down here, make this global phenomenon, but I'm going to turn you baby face. Um, I'm going to you know do something completely different with you that you haven't done before. I think you could do it. And boy, was he right. But boy, could he do it because man, what a run as a baby face. Everybody kind of remembers George Steele's like that wacky, lovable baby face. And, you know, like I said, the, the, the green tongue and destroying of turnbuckles and then not being able to really speak 
and him being out there for WrestleMania three with Steamboat defeating Savage in one of the greatest matches of all time. I mean, he's just uh, one of those lovable characters that will never be forgotten. Larger than life for sure, and very very memorable. He had a good autobiography out there. I was able to meet him a couple times, where to interview him. Just awesome guy. Really cool stuff. What a story too. Like he's a coach, you know, he's a teacher, but then he's also a wrestler. I mean, what what a life uh, he led. And his last appearance during the Hogan era was the victory over Larry Stevens on the WrestleMania, excuse me, Wrestling Challenge Civic Center in Hartford, Connecticut. That was on 8-24-1988. He then comes back in 97, 98, and a few matches in 99. Really short matches. Um, Brian Christopher and Lawler beat uh, George Steele and Takamishinoku in Long Island on 12-29, a part of a Raw taping. Part of a heat taping on 12 29 1998 george Steele defeated bosch part of another taping of wwf rose war on 125.99 draws beat george Steele. shotgun saturday night 215 1999 doa and too much defeated the oddities george Steele, giant silva golga and kurgan and then again same match happened uh, a day later on the sunday night heat taping and doa and too much defeated the oddities again Again, there, but really, his last TV matches were 823 uh, in 1988, 824 88, beating two job guys, Chance Quaid. And like I mentioned, Larry Stevens was his last TV match. He actually developed Crohn's disease, he lived his whole life with dyslexia, but he developed Crohn's disease, and it was kind of getting hard on him to wrestle. Obviously, he's getting advanced age almost 30 years wrestling for the WWF at this point, but you know, it's not like you know, he was losing and and you know, he became this big job guy. I mean, he was kind of still winning a lot in '88, he was still super over, he was still getting the adulation of the fans. So, that's really his last match, but that's not the end of his run because he became a producer and a road agent after that for many many years working behind the scenes in the wbf and of course was inducted into the wbf hall of fame in 1995 so that's pretty much it here on george animal steel i think a lot of people may remember him as playing tor johnson in the ed wood movie in 1994 he made a, a bunch of other appearances in a few other movies as well and obviously you know he, whether it be big time wrestling or, you know, wherever he was wrestling, whether it be the U.S. or Canada or elsewhere, he made a name for himself everywhere he went. Just an absolute a legend in the business. You'd have to love George the Animal Steel. If you say that name, everybody knows him. Everybody remembers him. And he was a big part of the Hogan era. And he pretty much was a big part of the foundation of the Hogan era as far as setting Hogan up for some success in his 1000 plus day title run so let's head to, to the plugs you can follow me on twitter and instagram at two man power trip check out the website tmptempire.com and of course patreon patreon.com slash tmptempire like to thank everybody for tuning in this week we'll see you right back here next week for a little hogan era podcast we'll see you next week folks this has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You could follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You could check us out on Facebook. You could subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash TMPT Empire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two Man Power Trip, where the power lies brother.
Uh-oh. That spells trouble. Mr. Fuji. And behind Mr. Fuji, George the Animal Steel. George the Animal Steel, perhaps the next World Wrestling Federation champion. Because the Animal will have his opportunity this week. Yes, indeed. He'll have his opportunity to meet the one and the only World Wrestling Federation champion, Hulk Hogan. Many would feel perhaps it would be a disgrace and a dark day in professional wrestling should this man defeat Hulk Hogan. But you can bet, perhaps more than any competitor, Hogan will have great difficulty, extraordinary difficulty, with George the Animal Steel. This bout is for the World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Championship. One fall with a one-hour time limit. Introducing first the manager, Mr. Fuji. And here is the challenger from Detroit, Michigan, weighing 288 pounds, George the Animal Steel. And his opponent, Federation. And you can bet that Hulk Hogan knows full well that he has before him a challenge like never before because not only must he defend for the championship, Hulk Hogan must indeed fear for his very physique, the animal capable of almost dismembering you before everyone. The animal not necessarily out to win the championship. And yes, moments ago, Hulk Hogan, uh-oh, look at this. Hulkster's never met anything like this before.
electrifies this capacity crowd. Back out again. Here comes the hooker. The animal now. Where is he? Uh-oh. Oh, no. Hulk Hogan whips the animal into the ring. Hulkster coming in right after him. They're getting the back pedal now. Hulk Hogan must keep both eyes on George the Animal's deal. The Hulkster, 300 pounds. And 300 pounds has never looked quite that good on any other human being. Incredible athlete. Take nothing away from George the Animal Steel. Hulk Hogan wondering what's going on in the mind of the animal. How will he attack? What are his strategies? Mr. Fuji must be giving instruction. The animal keeps looking over to the left. No. The hooks are trying to cut the ring off on him. Oh, look at that. The jab right to the eye, wreck right in the face. The animal on top of Hulk Hogan. Is he ever? Oh, ha! Oh, no, he's ripped the buckle off now. Right back on Hulk Hogan. George the Animal Steel, ripping, tearing, gnawing. With the positive crowd, bringing the Hulkster, trying to encourage him, trying to bring him back to his feet, but not letting up one bit is George the Animal Steel. Animal, look at him. Now there's no protection in that corner. None. And you can see the vision obviously impaired on the part of the Hulkster. Oh no, look at him. Big. Where's the referee? Finally putting the count on the animal. Hulk Hogan, the World Wrestling Federation champion. Is he ever getting the punishment this week? Hulkster now. No. Oh, thank goodness he blocked it. Again, the attempt. The animal into the buckle. Hulkster with the animal. Begins to know on his own right. And you can bet the animal doesn't taste too good. Hawks are moving in. Oh, look at this. Slugfest. Uh, I think, yes, in his right hand. The animal had something in his hand. The referee questioning George the animal still. He cannot peer around that 300-pound hook. The animal using some sort of object, clearly from our vantage point, ramming it into the throat area of Hulk Hogan. He's doing now he's going from our side we can see it again and into the throat and down goes hulk hogan and again 
The referee trying to get around to see if the animal has anything hit. He wouldn't be on the top rope if he did not have something to hide. But what is it? The referee must catch him in the act. But meanwhile, the championship slowly, slowly leaving the grasp of the World Wrestling Federation title holder Hulk Hogan. You can sense it. Never before has Hulk Hogan been challenged in this brawling type technique. Again, the animal rams the object to the throat. And now, look at this. The green tongue, the only thing exposed in the mouth. The object, I believe, yes, under the arm. That man definitely not playing with a fullback. Unfortunately, if this continues, there's no doubt that George the Animal Steel will represent the World Wrestling Federation as its champion. Look at the animal, kick away, just stomping into the arm of Hulk Hogan. Big smile in the face of Mr. Fuji in the background. He loves what he sees. Fuji directing the entire attack. And Fuji likes what he sees at the moment. Fuji perhaps just minutes away from seeing his man crowned World Wrestling Federation champion. But look at the holster, trying to bring it back up. No, yanking the hair down he goes. Jeffrey apparently threatening to disqualify George the Animal Steel, perhaps something he should have threatened some time ago. Fuji, shouting instructions down, goes, oh, cover! We got one, that's all. Hulk Hogan almost instinctively kicking out. The animal. Oh, what's he? Is he up to this? He might have the object into the throat of Hulk Hogan. It's tough to tell. Referee there to check it out. Hulk Hogan will never forget this match. Win, lose, or draw. Instructions again, moment ago, by Mr. Fuji. Oh, oh, and look how weak he is. I've never seen him in quite this weakened condition. Jamming again. Oh, Hulk is on his feet. The animal's hammering away. Look at this. The animal can't believe it. He cannot believe what he sees. Look at the look in the eye of Hulk Hogan. Look at that look. Hulk Hogan with a right hand. Another one. A series of them. The animal set up for the ride to the buckle. Hulk removes him with the elbow. Hulk Hogan brings up the animal. A left jab and the animal down under the rope. Brought back to the middle of the ring. Another left jab. Series of them on the side of the head. Who with a right hand? Mr. Fuji. Fuji, look at this. From behind, the animal attacking 
stop going on. Oh, wait, watch what Mr. Fuji. What Mr. Fuji have? Mr. Fuji's in the corner. Oh, my. Look at that. Hulk Hogan. Outside the ring. The Hulk's going and trying to get back up. Trying to get back up and I don't think he's going to answer the call. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of this bout as a result of a countdown George the Animal Steel. Earlier on, referee then over to the Animal, and of course from there, well, this is an unusual, very unusual decision. Hope Hogan. Defeated. He will not, ladies and gentlemen, lose the championship. Not this way, no. He must either be pinned or he must submit. But Hulk Hogan having great difficulty. Let's go back to what we saw moments ago now. The Hulkster. All right, here. Hulk Hogan has George the Animal Steel in the air. Down on the canvas now. And here comes Hogan. He's going to give him the big leg, but no. Look at that, Mr. Fuji trips up Hulk Hogan. From there, Hogan reaching down for Mr. Fuji. Grabbing him, and then from there, George the Animal steal from behind. And there you see, the referee distracted by George the Animal steal. Hulk Hogan now, getting back to his knees. And the Animal continuing to hold the referee. It looks like, oh my! And Mr. Fuji throwing that salt right into the eyes of Hulk Hogan trying to find George the Animal Steel. Oh, he man, fell man. through the ropes, out to the concrete floor, and summarily counted out, and the winner, George the Animal Steel.